This episode of the Skift podcast features a discussion from a recent online Skift event. You can find out more about Skift forums and other special events at forum.skift.com. Please welcome the president and CEO of TripAdvisor, Steve Coffer, in conversation with Skift founding editor and executive editor, Dennis Shaw. Steve, welcome. Thanks for being here. Uh, my new nickname for you is The Closer because uh, <laughs> we're closing things out today. So that's great. My pleasure. So um, there have been reports uh, about Golden Week in China in the last few days that uh, hotel bookings by some of the, uh, you know, like Trip.com and Fliggy have been way up 40, for 40 to 50 percent higher than even uh, uh, COVID, pre-COVID. And um, rental cars are up and tours and activities are up. So what are you seeing in China and different areas of APAC uh, in terms of recovery? I mean, we, we love to hear the reports of tourism, even when it's domestic tourism only, uh, really grow. To, to us, I mean, I think to everyone, it's a sign that people are really eager to travel. And for the rest of the world, where even domestic tourism can be a little challenging, knowing that from a travel perspective, as soon as it's safe, people will be out in droves. So yeah, thrilled to hear some of the initial numbers back. We see a kind of status quo or, or a steady state around the globe. Some countries obviously doing better than others. Still a bumpy road changing month to month, depending on, on where you are and where you want to go. Uh, but from a, from a global perspective, we think Obviously, people are excited to get back out and travel again. And as soon as it's safe to do so, probably requiring a vaccine uh, globally or for international travel, at least, uh, we can't wait for that to happen. Sure. And um, other than, uh, you know, seeing a lot of domestic travel, are you seeing changes in, in consumer behavior? Are, are people picking hotels because of cleaning protocols or bad reviews about cleaning protocols? Have you seen any of that? I mean, our surveys consistently report people care a lot, not surprisingly at all, about the safety of the places. So we see a high uptake uh, in terms of customer interest in the Travel Safe Initiative on TripAdvisor. Pretty good response from hotels and restaurants and attractions to upload all their information, uh, keep it up to date for what they're doing to make the consumer feel comfortable that they can come and stay at, at your place or dine at your place. Uh, and yeah, uh, it's absolutely moving consumer demand to the left, to the right. Of course, the continued uh, interest in uh, more rural destinations or national parks or out in the countryside versus the heavy urban continues to be the, the biggest trend across our site. In that regard, um, over the years, you've sort of uh, downplayed uh, vacation rentals or holiday rentals. But now I see um, on your homepage, it's like the second tab right after hotels. So um, do you see that as, a, uh, as an on ongoing strategic shift? Will vacation rentals take, you know, play a more high-profile role for TripAdvisor in the future? Well, I'd say what we've never been known as the place to go for a rental. We don't expect in the future to be known as the place to go for a rental. We want to be a place someone books their entire trip. And whether that trip involves a rental or a hotel or a B&B &B or a resort or a campground, 
hey, let TripAdvisor help you with any of those types of lodging, mm-hmm. what you're going to do when you get there, where you're going to eat, where you're going to find that perfect private tour of whatever you're looking to do, wrap it all up with our travel planning tools. And if you want to book a rental, we absolutely want to have the best, most comprehensive set of rentals on our property, even if the thing you're thinking about TripAdvisor for is planning that that big vacation. Right. I was looking at your hotel listings and I saw several new things. I saw a lot of special offers, uh, special rates, um, a lot of information about cleaning protocols, you know, whether the hallways in the hotel are marked or whether, you know, sanitizers are available. Um, I also saw Honda video ads, uh, which I've never seen before. Um, so could, could you give me an update on like some of the, the new things you're putting out there? Sure. So when you think about what is it a consumer wants when they want to go on a vacation in these COVID times, they're looking for a safe place to stay. And that's why you have all that safety information. The hotels in turn are looking to lure the traveler with whatever they can be distinctive about. And obviously they get the safety information on our site for free. They're able to post photos that show anything that they're looking for. And when they have a special offer, they buy one of our business advantage products, they can post that special offer right there. We still have a meta site that's critical. It scours the whole web for the best prices that you can find online. So you have the price comparison and of course, The reason why people have come to TripAdvisor for decades is the breadth and comprehensiveness and accuracy of the reviews. To tell it like it is, it's super fresh. You have the review from someone that stayed there yesterday that might have a firsthand impression or firsthand review of what the safety was like at that property. To the question on the Honda video ad, absolutely. We've been uh, growing our non-endemic advertising base. So we still have the Hiltons and the Marriott's advertising on our site. We still have uh, online travel agencies. And with recent pushes, we've been reaching outside of the travel industry who's, you know, for folks looking at our audience. And as you saw, Honda, particularly interested in our audience at that time. I hear you. So um, can you talk a little bit about your joint venture uh, in China? Um, It the timing wasn't ideal in terms of, we have all this US-China tension going on now, right when you're you know, launching the, uh, the joint venture with trip.com group. Uh, there's been, I think, curbs on US companies using WeChat for marketing. Um, so how has that impacted your whole um, offering in China or the beginnings of the joint venture? Sure. So I. We, we really think it's a joint venture that makes a ton of sense. Ctrip is uh, the largest travel site in China and they're servicing domestic demand and all outbound demand whenever, uh, when it did exist and to the degree it does exist now and preparing for the future where it's gonna come rolling back. Every, everyone pretty much agrees on that. So for Ctrip to have access to the type of content that TripAdvisor has, on destinations globally, on hotels globally, on restaurants globally, on attractions, tours, activities, the whole set that makes that TripAdvisor magic so compelling. Wow, put that as a package. Now TripAdvisor said, hey, 
uh, C-Trip, we think you'll be able to do this better than I as the majority partner. So you're a majority, we're a minority, we're contributing all of our technical assets and our content. You're running the site, driving the traffic, doing the marketing. Uh, I mean, you're, you're employing the people in the JV and with your best of class knowledge of what the Chinese traveler is looking to do domestic on the own site, including outbound, where we have a lot of content, we think this partnership is going to make a way better offering to the traveler than TripAdvisor had by uh, by ourselves, right. than CTRIP had by themselves when it came to outbound traffic. So the tensions that might exist between governments don't really play a role for us at the moment. Uh, you know, it's, it's uh, COVID is story one, two, three here in terms of waiting for the outbound travel to resume. So when you say they're in charge of the site, it's, it's more of... Um an integration of TripAdvisor content into their existing sites than it is some kind of a new entity, right? Or is there a new brand? No, think of the TripAdvisor website, tripadvisor.cn, and we were running it entirely ourselves. And, uh, you know, and, and that was working to a degree, but it wasn't gaining in terms of being the leader, the site everyone would want to go to, to plan that outbound trip. And that, you know, our, our vision was nothing less. And so by partnering with C-Trip, with all of their techno, uh, technical experience, their uh, the inventory that can be booked directly, hey, let's pull some of that into the, that TripAdvisor point of sale run by the joint venture of which C-Trip is the majority owner. So. They're taking the, the code base, they're taking the actual website that we had and driving it forward. Attached to the joint venture is also a content licensing agreement where they can also use some of the TripAdvisor content on Ctrip and Trip.com and some of the other points of sale. But the focus of the JV was clearly around uh, driving this uh, in, quasi-independent site to achieve its potential, attracting international travelers. Could you talk a little bit about um, what your strategies are and where the opportunities are in the rest of APAC um, beyond China? Um, you know, which countries are a focus? What type of products? Sure. So, I, I when you look at TripAdvisor's ability to help in inter, a traveler, especially in international travel. We feel like we are second to none in terms of the info we provide, the trip planning capabilities, the global reach, the multi-language support, so that if you're a resident of Tokyo and you're planning a trip, uh, especially outside of Japan, the, we're the best place to go. And like all the data, all the reviews, and, and our brand really, really puts it out there. Same with Singapore, same with Korea, same with uh, multiple countries throughout Asia where what we offer is so hard to replicate by any local domestic player because it's not tapping into the everything that someone would want to do when they travel. If you're looking, the contrary is if you're just looking for a package 10 day tour to go to the US, see three cities and you're living in, uh, in Korea, like there's plenty of packages and that's not our audience. Our audience is someone that's looking to really experience another country almost the way locals might or um, just any independent traveler would. So uh, we take a, an approach that localizes for the market, the homepage, we like to have a tune for the market. Uh, and then as we move forward with more of our uh, newer direct-to-consumer products,
products, we also look and say, what is it that these uh, travelers in these other markets might want to buy into that's different than our typical American traveler or typical European? Uh, that story is yet to be written. So you know, we will see. We do tend to try things out uh, in the States or, uh, or on the continent first uh, to get a good feel for what's a winning strategy, what's a winning product, uh, and then uh, and then expand global. Is there real localization, say, in Singapore or in Thailand, or is it just, um, you know, is it language and, and currencies? Uh, is there any kind of tweaking of the actual products for the local? Yeah, there are uh, uh, guides that are written on a kind of per language basis. There's features uh, that a Japanese traveler looking at a page would see differently than a U.S. traveler looking at that same page. Uh, the rankings are, are different per uh, point of sale based upon how the reviews are, are scored. So there's really quite a few differences. I tend to uh, think of it as we're trying to offer the best experience for those travelers. And so we are going to feature reviewers that are writing in Japanese to the Japanese traveler even if they're a month old and we have a review in English that's two days old. Look, they're both kind of fresh, but you're going to want to read it from somebody who's more like you, at least speaking your language, than that random American or Brit or, or whatever. So again, trying to do what we can to customize the site to make it feel more relevant to you, the traveler, wherever you happen to be. Is that something fairly new or have you done that for a long time? That's been like that for a while. Okay. The pieces, kind of creating the guides that might be more unique, looking at the influencers in a particular country and getting them to contribute, uh, that's newer in the past couple of years. Right. And speaking of reviewers, it wasn't a local reviewer, but I saw that an American uh, citizen was detained in, in Thailand uh, for writing a very critical review of uh, a local hotel. Um, are you seeing more and more of this kind of thing with the rise of... Uh, you know, autocrats and democracy under under siege in some parts of the world, or was it just a, a one-off event? Yeah, the, so far, this appears to be more of a one-off event. Uh, we're very unhappy with how the situation has unfolded. Uh, uh, the Thai defamation laws are really quite strict. Uh, I wasn't personally aware of them being enforced prior to this, and so uh, the notion of having a reviewer being thrown in jail is antithetical to, to what we stand for. And so, uh, you know, the, the, the issue is not closed yet, but uh, we're quite concerned about it. And I am sure the, uh, the Ministry of Tourism in Thailand would be quite concerned about a reputation getting out there in terms of oh, and if you come to our country and leave a, a bad review, something could happen to you. Nobody wants to have that as an asterisk on the welcome mat for, uh, for Western or, or global tourists. Not really good for tourism marketing. No, very good <laughs> idea. <laughs> so um, I spoke earlier in the day to Karen Chan, the CEO of AirAsia.com, and they got something very uh, interesting going on. They're they announced uh, a few months ago that they've become not just an airline, but a digital lifestyle company anchored in travel. And the premise seems to be, you know, like 
for example, TripAdvisor is maybe the largest uh, travel site in the world in, in terms of traffic. Well, AirAsia.com has a lot of traffic and they're trying to convince people that go, you know, hunting for flight deals on AirAsia.com, uh, you know, to buy a hotel or to purchase uh, financial services or Wi-Fi, that kind of thing. So are there any lessons that you have learned about trying to change consumer behavior? You know, people came to TripAdvisor initially because they wanted the reviews and then you ran ad campaigns to, to get them to book hotels. It's not that easy, is it? Uh, it's not that easy. The advice uh, I give to everyone at, uh, at TripAdvisor, the advice I would give to AirAsia or anyone else to ask is to really direct your, your efforts, and it sounds so obvious and cliche, but direct your efforts towards what you think your customer on your site at that point in time wants. So first on AirAsia, it's going to be that flight deal. What's next to the flight deal? Probably not financial services, but it could be something more tangential to travel. Like, I don't know, well, a rental car is certainly easy, but it could also be something that would help make that trip extra special. Uh, and you know, ease your way into that by way of uh, uh, trying the, the risk of taking someone kind of off path for why you are, why they are on your site in the first place. Right. Interestingly, they're also also selling uh, uh, a bunch of airlines on AirAsia.com now, like Turkish Airways, and uh, so, so that that's certainly in line with finding a good flight, getting a, a, a SIM card so that you can talk to people on your on the trip. That makes a ton of sense. Uh, but again, it's why people would be on that site in the first place. It's funny. I spoke to uh, AirAsia Group CEO, Tony Fernandez earlier this week, and they had done a joint venture with, um, with Expedia, uh, which they ter terminated. And, uh, he said, uh, you know, either during the joint venture or right after they realized, well, we decided we could do this ourselves. You know, so I'm thinking about your joint venture with uh, with Trip.com group. There's always the danger that, you know, they could copy your stuff or vice versa and just go on their own. It seems unlikely. I mean, a joint venture, we expect to work out beautifully. It could not. That's always a, a risk in any business venture. But the chances are that C-Trip could replicate or any company would choose to try to replicate the 7 million businesses that we have on our site, the breadth of reviews on restaurants all around the world to help plan out that trip. Like that doesn't make it onto the priority list for most other companies in the travel space. But everyone agrees you have to eat when you're traveling and people love the fact that they're eating out like local at a great place or that amazing whatever type of food. So again, it's a good logical JV because we bring things to the table that, that they don't have, don't have access to, unlikely to want to build up. And they build and they bring a tremendous amount of technology, booking capabilities, uh, app experience with the Chinese consumer in mind. And that was something we were learning. Right. So let's uh, talk tours and activities. So um, how would you assess what your pos position is in tours and activities in APAC? And I'm thinking, how do you, you know, what do you need to do to take on Cluck 
or do they need to take you on? How do you view, view the competition and your position? Well, I expect, you know, for at least a little while, it's a coexistence. Kluke's audience is mostly in Asia. Our audience, just in terms of raw numbers, is mostly outside of Asia. So therefore, if an attraction tour operator in Japan or Korea or Singapore wants to, or Australia, anywhere in Asia, wants to appeal to the audience that is already on TripAdvisor or Viator, they should be working with us. And they are. I mean, we, we have a, a ton of supply already available and we're satisfying the demands from our traveler to help have amazing experiences throughout the world, including all of those uh, long haul trips to Asia. Fluke's audience, uh, in so much as it might already be in Hong Kong or Australia, great, then they can bring some additional demand to those tour operators, and the tour operators would be arguably wise to work with both. Got it. Um, One thing I'm confused about is, uh, I believe you announced uh, a few months ago that Viator would be the lead brand in tours and activities. And yet I still see things to do on tripadvisor.com. And I, I see both brands sort of coexisting. So where does that stand? Yeah, I wouldn't call it the uh, Viator is our play as a standalone tours and activities brand. So if you're on a trip as a traveler, I'm like, I need to figure out what I'm going to book today. And Viator comes top of line. That's wonderful. You go to Viator, specially built site app for that activity. Hey, I want to plan my whole trip. I need a hotel. I need restaurants. I need things to do. Trip is clearly where you're going to go. Viator does only a small fraction of that. Expedia booking and other sites only do a small fraction of that picture. So a traveler should want to go to TripAdvisor. We want to make it compelling that that traveler goes to TripAdvisor and book out, uh, and book all the hotels, book all the restaurants, and book all of the things to do while on TripAdvisor. No need to send them over to Viator. For us, that's particularly easy because it's the supply from the same company, and Viator has a phenomenal reputation as a standalone brand for providing top-notch support for everything that we sell globally. And so TripAdvisor obviously takes advantage of that and completes the transaction on TripAdvisor. Uh, so both brands will be around for a long time. Uh, both brands serve an audience that's in a slightly different segment. Uh, not, not that they're not in the travel segment, but one planning a complete trip and the other just looking for something to do. So tours and activities seems to be one of your big bets tours and activities, restaurants, and yet the sector is getting so competitive. Um, you know, uh, Skiff Research had you as, uh, uh, let's see, having four times as many listings as your closest rival a couple of years ago. Now they say you have about a 25% lead. Um, Airbnb is doing tours and activities. Amazon just announced virtual tours. How do, how do you view this hyper-competitive market? Yeah, it's not all that competitive in those companies that you named so far. Amazon, great. 
bring more excitement into virtual tours. That's wonderful. It lifts all boats. Airbnb, bespoke tours, some really cool stuff there, but not really much of an overlap with what us or some of our competitors provide. So the, uh, the generations are now longing for experiences over things. We're in a pole position to be able to provide those magical story-worthy experiences. You come home and you share that, what you did on the trip, more than the hotel you stayed at. And so bringing that to life on TripAdvisor, on Viator, and it probably doesn't matter whether we have 300,000 or 600,000 things. We've got all the things that you might want to do. Now our opportunity is to let you know that, hey, you can buy them from us. They're safe. They're, uh, they're blessed. They're reviewed. You know what you're going to get. Get the right thing from you. We have tons of choice, and we're indifferent whether you're buying it on Viator or, or TripAdvisor, depending on where you are in the platform. So, Yes, very competitive market because it's a really big market. It's the last really big one that hasn't been, that hasn't gone completely online. As right. you just reported, it was air, then it was hotel and rental car and uh, rentals and now experiences. And we've, we love the position that we're in to, to help to, uh, help lead that revolution. Steve, we're near the close of the day here. So just to finish on... Um, just to finish on your thoughts about, you know, um, a lot of people before the pandemic thought that the future of travel was in was in Asia. We saw so much innovation going on in Asia. What gives you hope for uh, the Asian market going forward and, and your position in it? How do you view it? Oh, I think, uh, you know, it, it is a big reset with COVID. All boats will be, you know, plus vaccine, all boats will be lifting very, very quickly. It's a chance for lots of companies to reinvent what they do and how they're perceived in the marketplace. We're no exception moving from a what was thought of as a review site and then maybe just a hotel meta site into a travel planning site, rich in dining and experiences. Uh, that message as part of the value proposition to our huge Asian audience especially for that international trip, I believe resonates just as well for that audience as you know, our larger US audience. People are looking for that, for the help planning something that they'll have confidence in for that big trip. And the contrary, I'm very upfront about, if it's a two night stay in the next city over or visiting a friend, yeah, that's not where we're going to be playing long-term. We get some of that traffic now, that's wonderful. We'll help them find a place to eat or a place to stay, but it's not the, it's not the trip that matters. And so whether you're uh, Australia or Japan, Korea, uh, Thailand, wherever you might be coming from, when you take that uh, several, you know, the long weekend that's international, when you take the uh, the week-long trip, when you take the couple-week trip to really experience another country, another part of the world, that's where the breadth of TripAdvisor content comes in, playing equally well for Asian travelers as anyone else. Given uh, all the pent-up demand we're seeing and how much everyone is hungering to travel, maybe every trip matters nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> Very fair point. Well, thanks, Steve. Thanks for being with us. And uh... My pleasure. Thank Great. you. Thanks.